Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Right Guys Podcast, where two guys were always right just about everything. Well, there might, wives might disagree. And now your hosts, Max McGuire and Josh Hammerlin. My wife definitely disagrees. Does um, she? <laughs> definitely. 100%. Uh, <laughs> not 100%, uh, but, but often. Of the time. It's a good yeah, track record, yeah, 100% yeah. of the time, why not? <laughs> Well, welcome back to another edition of the Right Guys Podcast. My name is Max McGuire here with Josh Hammerling. Big news, um, we are transitioning the show into a two-times-a-week show. Um, big news, right now, Wednesdays and Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get, give, give some time for the news of the week to percolate. I think this is going to be good, Josh, because um, what I've found in the, since we've started this new podcast is that the once-a-week is kind of hard. You're either late yeah. on a news story or you're you just missed a really important story that broke the next day, right. um, so hopefully twice a week will give us a chance to talk about things that have already happened. And since so much stuff gets dumped on Thursdays and Fridays going into weekends, talk well, about do. stuff moving forward. And that's the strategy, right? Dump it on a Friday so nobody sees it and make it easy so nobody's paying attention, right? And then if we can yeah. take a little bit of time to make sure people see what's going on, then you know the word will get out and. The revolution will begin. I'm sorry, did I say revolution? I, I've got to be really careful about that. The feds might be watching. Well, one of those stories that we missed because we went live last week that broke on Thursday, Friday, going into the weekend was this Lauren Boebert story. We're going to get into what Trump said about abortion, but um, this Lauren Boebert story is crazy. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's a bad look for any congresswoman or congressman, for that matter, to, to be getting to second base in a crowded theater. Um, not good. Not good. But no. the more the more I look at this, the more it's very obvious that this was a setup. And I don't so? like I don't like going into that because it, it makes me feel conspiratorial. But, but there's the, people that do that stuff, man, all the time. There's always those hidden cameras. Like they try to put you in compromising situations to try to cause an outcome, right? Especially right before elections, you know, and then yeah. trying to give the fodder. But you really think that's a setup? I mean it The guy yeah. she's on the date with, either she completely failed at vetting this guy. Yeah. Or he was a plant. Um, there's no way she goes on a date with him mm-hmm. if she knew everything about him. Case in point, I'll go ahead and put up my screen. Um, the man, I don't I don't like calling it groped. Um, she got a little handsy in the theater. I, I don't yeah. think it's a groping. Um, but the man owns a gay-friendly bar in Colorado that hosts drag shows. So I, I can't imagine that Lauren Boebert would have gone on a date with this guy if she knew that. Um, because the number one talking point coming out of this is, oh, well, Lauren Boebert doesn't like drag shows, but here she is at a family-friendly event getting handsy. Um, yeah. It's yeah, just, it's, it's they teed it right up. Yeah, and look at the seating. I mean, look at where she's positioned. And a night vision camera, she's suddenly on the infrared. edge of the eyeball. And infrared, right? Just, just watching it. Like, you can see the whole thing. You watch her vape. She's reaching into his lap and it's like well she's she's 39 years old and she's a congressperson you think she might like do a little bit of research or on the inside she's just secretly kind of that way i mean everybody's got fetishes right <laughs> yeah it's, it's uh, real just came up yeah it's uh, it's a bad look, i think whatever it does. i think that whoever set up the cameras for this theater, i think it's the buell theater might be it's mispronouncing theater. that whoever yeah. set up yeah. those cameras needs to be hired by the bureau of prisons mm-hmm. and by the white house because mm-hmm. The cameras weren't working when Epstein was uh, suicided. He, cameras he weren't suicided, yeah. cameras weren't working when Hunter Biden's dropping little baggies of coke around the White House allegedly. Um, but the infrared cameras are locked on, perfectly centered on Lauren Boebert. So whoever set up that camera system um, really needs to reach out to the White House and the Bureau of Prisons because sure, uh, shocking how on point that was. Right. Well, I would be resume builder for them. I mean, they've got all the necessary skills. They might even work at like one of the casinos here. Right? Yeah. Catch the bad yeah. guys. But who gave her the tickets? You know, what, what, what prompted all that? Like, how did she get those tickets? You got to kind of smell it when, when something's fishy, you got to think it's fishy, right? Like, if yeah. she, maybe she got free. T- this is all speculation. What if somebody's like, yeah, come out? Or someone just saw her name when she put that stuff in the, the machine to say, hey, I want to go to the show, which means that somebody's paying attention to that stuff, right? And then you got yeah. enemies of the Buell. That's I don't Colorado know. For you. I don't know. I, we don't have to go too far into it. I just wanted to bring it up because this is a story that we missed last week, and lots of moving parts in this that are very, very fishy. It's, but um, 
hilarious. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It is. And we can also objectively say that we don't want our representatives doing that. Um, act, act according to the office, right? Yeah. Go there, present yourself in a good manner, and then leave. Don't be a 39-year-old honeypot that's trying to get freaky in a theater. And that's and not to say, And that's not to say that she's the first person ever to engage in a little petting in a dark theater. Um, obviously not the first person ever to do that. Won't be the last, uh, but yeah. it won't be the last, but probably not even the only one to do it at Beetlejuice. Um, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> at the end of the day, not something that you want to see. And hopefully she learns from this. And hopefully this is a really educating experience for her in terms of just understanding that the yeah. media is out to get her. She knows that. But uh, anyway, we don't have to go into it too much. Just yeah. wanted to comment on it because uh, very, very fishy. Set herself up. So, so Josh. I, I support I support Donald Trump. Um, I yeah. think you support Donald Trump, right? I do, I do, I I, um, I do. Are you uh, are you ultra MAGA as as Biden would claim? Where where do you fall on the MAGA scale? Well, first off, I'm trying to figure out what ultra MAGA even means. I I, I don't want to pay a lot of taxes. I, I don't want corrupt government. I don't want the the, the, pre, the vice president, you know, selling off. I mean, I'm sorry, acting as a brand for for other people or have my son spoken crack so if it means to be ultra maga that's what that means to be ultra maga i am you know yeah but i i like somebody that supports my second amendment rights wants to keep taxes low wants to keep business in business you know if that's what maga means then yeah i'm on board yeah well that's a that's a phrase that joe biden has used to mm. justify branding half the country as uh enemies of democracy remember that red Whoa. backdrop evil Hitlerian yeah. speech he gave. Right. He, they've branded Ultra MAGA. I typically break it up into a couple of different like uh, categories of Trump supporters. There's the reluctant Trump supporter who don't who doesn't really like him, but understands that there's no other choice but to vote for him. There's the supporters who like most of what he does and votes for him. And then there's uh, those Ultra MAGAs on the campaign trail in 2015. Donald yeah. Trump famously or infamously however you want to say it said that he could go out onto fifth avenue and shoot someone and he wouldn't lose any support um there are trump supporters um who if that was to happen would would rally to his defense and you know what oh, yeah. maybe maybe it was self-defense who knows but um <laughs> i have definitely fit fitted in that role for a lot of the trump scandals yeah uh, scandals um and putting his foot in his mouth kind of stuff I I really don't like what he said this week on abortion. It yeah, um, and you you've had a really strong stance on abortion since the day I met you. You have always you've always been on board. Like you've never wavered, not once. So I understand why this would trouble you. When I watched it, I just shook my head. I was like, "Are you trying to piss off your whole base, or at least half the base? Half the base." Yeah, and it's disturbing. I don't like it, but. Let's see. It, it, it is disturbing. It. it is disturbing. And we'll play the clip. Um, for some reason, Donald Trump decided in an interview, um, Meet the Press, I think it was, mm-hmm. he decided to attack pro life positions. It, it, very strange. Well, let's just roll. We'll, we'll roll the clip and yeah. we will um, talk about it on the other side. Here's the clip of Donald Trump on Meet the Press. And I want to give voters who are going to be weighing in on this election yeah. a very clear sense of where I think you stand on this. I think they're all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me. Let, let me what, but what's let Mr. going President, to have to Mr. happen President, is you're going to have to... Christian, you're asking me a question. What's going to happen is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months. You're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy. Because 92% of the Democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of time. If a federal ban landed on your desk if you were reelected would you sign it at 15 are you talking about a complete ban a ban at 15 weeks well people people are starting to think of 15 weeks that seems to be a number that people are talking about right now would you sign that Uh, uh, i would i would sit down with both sides and i'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years Uh, i'm not going to say i would or i wouldn't I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think I, that I goes think what too he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. 
this is it's really hard um now obviously i i became i'm i consider myself part of the pro-life movement um i work with i was just on a conference call yesterday working on ohio because ohio has a big um ballot initiative up for up for the vote in november to allow abortion up until the moment of birth um Mm. going from a six-week heartbeat bill in ohio all the way up to abortion up until birth um this, this is really hard. And having spoken to other pro-life leaders in the movement, we are having a really hard time wrapping our heads around this because we supported Donald Trump. We support him on 90, 95% of everything else. But to come out and attack, there's many reasons you can attack Ron DeSantis, many reasons that are probably are unfair. But to attack him for signing a bill that says you cannot kill an unborn child after that child's heart has started beating. Um, that is that is hard to to uh, to accept. Reconcile for you guys, uh, yeah, especially uh, on that side of it. What I'm thinking is, is this this has to be some sort of play towards uh, women, especially with women's choice. You know, I feel like this is more of a political move to try to shore up vote right before an election. Problem is, is that the people that got you in the office the first time, you just pissed, you just, you really yeah. lost them. You really lost them there. Mm-hmm. So what was it a good trade-off? Are, are you happy though that you, you, you've you kind of picked up that, that audience, we'll say? I mean, it, the play has to be there. It has to be a play for votes. That's the only thing I can think of because that, to, to, to do an about face on that is, I mean, that's... Whoever is advising them, this one feels yeah. like a miss, like a really, really big miss. This is the best and worst part of Trump, in my opinion. It's that he is politically malleable. And like in the pro-life movement, we see this as a generational fight. There are like my my grandparents, uh, my grandfather, who's no longer with us. He was marching for uh, life at the first March for Life after Roe versus Wade came down. Entire generations of Americans have lived and died fighting for life, um, understanding that it might not come in their lifetime, but they will advance the ball forward. And we've we've done that. We've passed bills to uh, ban abortion after 21 weeks when a baby can start feeling pain, 15 weeks, um, six weeks when a heartbeat is detected. And it's just it's such a shot in the gut to hear this, that it is. Uh, radical and and terrible to protect a baby after the baby's heart has started beating. I mean, the that's the most generic way to define life. You check for a pulse. If someone's heart is not beating, they are legally declared dead. There's other ways of being dead, like brain dead. Yeah, but yeah. generally, lay people and doctors understand that when your heart stops beating, you, you're dead. And if they yeah. can get that heart beating again, you're alive. It is not radical or crazy to say that when a baby's heart starts beating in the womb, which is scientifically proven, I put it in my book, link in the description. Um, it's scientific. I, I include Ching. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I, inc- I include pictures of, uh, of actual like MRIs and CAT scans of um, fetal hearts as they're in different stages of development. And you can see that, that at six weeks, all of the major parts of the heart have formed and there's electrical activity and there's blood pumping. It's a heartbeat. Um, I'm st- it's just really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And it feels like a shot in the gut. And we know he's malleable. We know he's not really... Donald Trump is not as pro-life as I am or as you might be or as many pro-life Americans. It's very mm-hmm. obvious that he took that stance in 2016 um, to win evangelical votes. It's, you can hear what he said about abortion previously. You know that this isn't a deeply yeah. held position for him that he's had over decades. What I don't think Trump understands is that just as he was doing what he needed to do to gain votes, there are a lot of pro-life voters and mm-hmm. faith leaders who disagreed with Trump on a lot but voted for him because of his position on this. Yeah. And I think he takes for granted their support and takes for granted mm. just how many people he pissed off 
and the political repercussions of it. I, I don't expect for politicians to be perfect. I don't. But if someone says that they're pro-life, I do expect for them to hold a position that doesn't include making pro-aborts happy. I, I, I'm like... If yeah, someone claims they're pro-life, I don't want them to go out on Meet the Press and saying the pro-aborts who want to abort a baby up until the moment of birth, that's what the bill that Cong that the Democrats in Congress tried to pass last year. Mm -hmm. I expect a pro-life person not to say, oh, those people are going to be really happy with me. Sorry, maybe I'm old-fashioned. Did he really? I, yeah, at one point, he didn't really take a stance. He just called what DeSantis did bad. He kept avoiding answering the question. So he was giving the political answer. And he gave, ultimately, a political answer at the very, very end. His team might be scrambling right now. We don't know. Like, that interview could have caused some real turmoil on the, the campaign side for Trump. So maybe there might be an about face. I feel like they can't do anything about this. Because once they let this cat out of the bag, it's out. I mean, there, there's no going back. And uh, I've just got to... I, I don't know if it was a political answer. I just don't, Max. I, I'm hoping it's not his personal hell beliefs, but he was a Democrat a long, 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 long he was. time ago. He was. Long and, time and ago. He is in damage control a little bit, a little bit mm -hmm. of damage control. Mm -hmm. I'll go ahead and read his tweet. Quote, uh, his truth, social, sorry. Uh, quote, I was able to do something that nobody thought was possible, end Roe v. Wade. For 52 years, people talked, spent vast amounts of money, but couldn't get the job done. I got the job done. Thanks to three great Supreme Court justices I appointed, the issue has been returned to the states where where all legal scholars on both sides felt it should be. Now the pro-life community has tremendous negotiating power. Like Ronald Reagan before me, I believe in the three exceptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Without the exceptions, it's very difficult to win elections. We would possibly lose the majorities in 2024 and perhaps the presidency itself, but you must follow your heart. In order to win in 2024, Republicans learn how to talk about Abortion. This issue costs us unnecessarily, but dearly in the midterms. Um, so it's yeah. an about face, but it isn't. Um, if anyone needs to learn how to talk about abortion, it's Trump. It's he, not a strong suit. I wouldn't like that's maybe why he's not in debates right now, because there's certain issues yeah. that they might be able to pop him on. And oh, yeah. with this comfortable lead in the uh, in the polls, I mean, why would you want to to, to go yeah. on there? I mean, Reagan was the last one to kind of skip the uh, on the Republican side, skip a bunch of. Uh, debates it, it kind of hurt him ultimately he still won i think they're trying to feel like this could be the same sort of outcome but again he i mean if you're going to do damage control you got to do damage control or you got to stick with what you're you went with i mean it's people can smell bullshit yeah they can you know what i mean uh, mandy in the comment section just said it would have just been better if he had if he said he would stand by the supreme court's decisions and leave it to the states yeah yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of Republicans are doing. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's very weird um, that he took this stance. He took yeah. the same stance as uh, as Mike Pence, and mm -hmm. I was that I was at a Catholic think tank in in California where Pence gave a keynote, and when mm -hmm. he said we need to we need to only allow abortions up to fifteen weeks, the room was silent. He got maybe a dozen people to clap for him very, very harsh um, mm -hmm. reaction for Donald Trump to see how Mike Pence took this position and it completely backfired. And this is someone who has the chops to talk about abortion, right? Mike Pence yeah. has been in this movement his entire political life. For Trump to see Mike Pence step into this position and lose support, tank in the polls, and, and just go up in flames, shocking that he chose to, to follow it. But this might just be a situation where he he believes anything that Ron DeSantis does, he has to say is wrong. Um, I don't know. I, Trump is malleable. That's the good news. Also the bad news because he can shift on you. I hope that someone, uh, it looks like it based on that true social post, mm -hmm. I hope someone can just get to him and sit him down and explain why this is a terrible idea. I think it's, you know, there's a reason they call stuff like this the third rail of politics, right? It was it was always Medicare, Medicaid, but this one is certainly one of them. And whoever's advising right now, this is just a crap storm. I mean, it, yeah, there's too much going on. I was just trying to find the latest Quinnipiac, and I'm still searching, but I I don't think he's taking a dip because if he had taken a dip for such a stance, it would probably have been reported to no end, right? They would love to see it a five percent decrease, a ten percent dip. Well, they're going to hit him at the debate. They're going to hit most him likely. Is that tonight or is that tomorrow? I, think. I don't know. I thought it was he's tonight, not in it, so I really don't pay attention yeah. to them. 
right? It's just kind of like watching the uh, all the runners up first or second and third place up there. But it, I mean, next I, week, twenty seventh. Okay, so that's what I'm thinking. I, it, I don't know, man. Like, is it, it? It sounds like a really bad play to try to pull in a whole new voting demographic because if he is taking the evangelicals uh, for granted and he's trying to shore that base trying to pit two of those bases against each other or two of those groups inside the base yeah. with each other is not going to go over well. I mean, it could really hit hard when it comes to voting time and we could be staring down Joe Biden presidency 2.0. It's one thing to say months. that yeah. it's one thing to say that he doesn't want to go too far to the right during the primaries because he doesn't want to have to then defend that during the general. It's yeah. another thing to actively campaign for Democrat votes during a Republican primary. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I don't think there's many Democrats who will vote for him because of this. They have a million other reasons to hate him. Um, mm -hmm. Very, but when, when pro-lifers hear this language saying that we, we want to deal, he, what he say? He said, we, uh, the pro-life community has tremendous negotiating power. No, no, absolutely not. Um, this isn't a negotiation. This isn't a deal. Um, this is babies who have the right to survive. It's a basic human right. And no, we're not going to turn a blind eye to babies passing away so that he can strike a deal. Um, I'm sorry. And 15 weeks, the vast, vast majority of abortions happen before 15 weeks mm -hmm. with the abortion pill. Very few surgical abortions nowadays happen after 15 weeks so he can talk about overturning roe versus wade all he wants but if he was to impose a 15-week abortion law nationwide that would undo heartbeat bans right total bans mm -hmm. you you probably have almost as many abortions as were happening under roe versus wade i don't think you'd see a big dip and that's why i don't think he understands yeah so I don't know. I, I hope someone can get to him. I hope that I'm not jumping ship, right? People yeah. have asked me, well, are you going to support DeSantis now? No. Um, but this makes me very uncomfortable. And it certainly has taken me from that ultra MAGA position of, oh, Donald Trump did this. Oh, we probably had a good reason. It, it, it has taken me from defending him, which I've done on almost everything he's done, mm -hmm. to now sitting back and saying, yeah, I'm going to vote for him, but I really don't like this. And it makes me uncomfortable. It should be making him uncomfortable. Um, but no, you can't vote for DeSantis at this point. It's, it's, it's like, come on. It feels like a betrayal to those who have been in the trenches fighting for this for decades, right? And when you piss off a group of evangelicals, boy, you are, watch out because yeah. they'll make it known. You know, they will, they will vote with their vote or they don't vote at all. And if all they have to do is not vote, right? And then it, it could be all over. Yeah. Off of one statement. I was, I was looking at the uh, uh, 538 polls. Uh, I think he did this one on the 17th. It was this Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. Is when he did this. And there's not really too much of a, of a dip. He, he He's headed down to 55% since that day. I mean, we're talking about less than a percentage change. So the polls are indicating that it hasn't really hit yet, but... Let's see yeah. what it looks like in a week. Let's see if they hammer him on another question, right? Maybe they're waiting yeah. for another statement to come out of him. Maybe the damage control is working, but it's a it's a punch to the gut, Max. It's a punch to the gut, and this isn't something he can't walk back. But no. it's gonna take it's gonna take some humility. It's gonna take him saying, "Listen, I've talked with faith leaders, and I realize that that this is not the right move. I don't know if Trump has that in him." Um, I don't think he has a sorry in him. <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But it's not just this. We don't have to talk about this all show. It's not yeah. just this, Josh, because Trump was on doing an interview with Megyn Kelly, and she yeah. asked him a very simple question that has dominated conservative politics as a litmus test for conservative candidates for the last three years. And it's a very simple question of can a man become a woman? And his answer, while it is the, it's the position we want to see from him, was very awkwardly delivered to the point where you don't know if he means it. Um, 
I don't know. Let's go ahead and play this. This is the cut from Megyn Kelly's show. Can a man become a woman? Um, <laughs> in my opinion, um. you have a man, you have a woman. I, I, I think, I think part of it is birth. Can the man give birth? No, no. Although they'll come up with some. It's. Can I watch that? Do you want to watch that again? Yeah, let's I, watch I, it. I kind of want to watch that again. Can a man become a woman? Um, <laughs> in my opinion, you have a man, you have a woman. I, I, I think, I think part of it is birth. Can the man give birth? No, no. Although they'll come up with some. Like that's he he reached the answer we wanted him to reach. Yeah. I, I wasn't able to pull the whole clip because all the clips I could find, easily pullable, were all from the DeSantis camp, and they all either had yeah. music or DeSantis right. clips interspliced. They are going heavy against Trump on this issue. Yeah, um, yeah. And it makes sense because that's how you would want to go after him. Yeah. I mean, it... he, he got to where you want him to get, but he seemed very uncomfortable with getting there. Yes. And in the second half of that, he talks about um, Caitlyn Jenner, born Bruce Jenner, and he says, like, I knew him as a man. He was a health. He was a handsome man. So obviously this position is um, it's largely controlled by his relationship with um, Bruce, now Caitlyn Jenner. Right. So obviously yeah. that, there's an uncomfortableness in that. Um, just as a as a point of fact, his argument that you're either a man or a woman and the determinative factor is whether or not you can give birth. There's lots of women who can't give birth, right? So mm -hmm. it's it's more of the issue. Mm -hmm. I don't know if uh, the Daily Wire has great content. Was it Matt Walsh has great content on this? It's not whether someone can give birth. It's whether that person is capable, gen generally capable of giving birth. And the example that he uses that I use, I love, is if a woman goes into a doctor and she says, I'm having a hard time conceiving a child. The doctor's going to say, okay, we can run some tests and we'll figure out what's going on. Maybe there's a, a medical or a surgical or a, a pharmaceutical solution to this problem. If a man comes in and says, doctor, doctor, I'm having a hard term. I'm having a hard time conceiving a child inside me. Please help me. No doctor worth their salt is going to then say, okay, let's run some tests, right? I mean, it, it's because generally men are not capable of having babies. Generally, women are capable of having babies. That, that's a very complicated answer. Um, it, like, it's like Trump sat through a briefing once and is just firing out there. It's not what you want to see because DeSantis has been... Has all been over this. All over this. Like He's been leading the charge on this. You could blindfold him hang him upside down and start dipping him into a tank of sharks. And he still would be able to recite the talking points. No problem. Uh, recite the position points. He has it down. Yeah. Maybe Trump's taking it for granted. I don't know. It's the I right answer we want to see, but it was awkward getting there. Go ahead. I, uh, I don't think his people had him prepared for that question. I, I, I saw the look in his face when he, he blew hard, like, Oh, this one wasn't yeah. supposed to come up. Yeah, and then he you get the uncomfortable laugh. You always get that laugh when you're like, oh, "Well, I don't know." Mm -hmm. And the, he answered it to the best of his ability for what his base would want. Now he may have a lot of transgender friends. We don't know that. You know, he doesn't want to sour that relationship too, because in your personal life, you don't want to. You know, Bruce Jenner and him are friends. Generally, you don't want to tick your friends off. You don't want to piss your base off. But um, it's it, that was a rare unprepared moment for Donald Trump. Yeah. He was not in the zone and his people didn't have him ready. And if he did have an earpiece in, which I doubt he did, somebody should have been screaming in his ear, at least some sort of answer. And that wasn't happening. Yeah. So whoever's running, I would start looking at my campaign people today and see if they're, they're the right people for that. You know, I that, that's know kind of a Trump's simple answer. X and Y chromosomes. What's that? Yeah, it's it's X, it's X or Y, y chromosomes. chromosomes. That's what I, I bring it down to. I mean, you he know? can he can have a biblical answer. Sure. It, it might it might come off as like a little bit like uh, a little bit untrue coming from him giving his personal faults to the past sins of the flesh. But he could he could have a biblical answer saying in the beginning God created man and woman. Mm -hmm. Um, that it is it is unnatural for man to think that he can engage in that godlike behavior. 
that that is a power that is vested with God. He didn't create any in-betweens and he didn't, it, it's his power, right? You, you could have a yeah. very simple biblical answer that gets you out of it and, and, and basically caters to the base. Um, I don't know. I don't know who his campaign manager is. I'm looking it I up right either, now. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to kind of make the point in a, in anthropology that they tell you that gender is fluid and it can be whatever you want. Biologically speaking, there is no third sex in which you can reproduce with. It's not like a man can go to third sex and have a baby with him and a woman can't have sex and have third baby with this magical other sex, right? There's only really two biological sexes. Yeah. And that, that I, whether I agree with that or not, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the biological reality. Now as the anthropologist yeah. in me, I've got to be like, well, it's a social construct, right? You've got biological constructs and you've got a social construct. And what we're looking at here is a social construct, which means it's a social issue, which means it's a cultural issue. So people can be whatever they want to be. You can present yourself as whatever you want to present yourself as, but other people don't have to accept it. And that's where I think no. the line uh, people don't like they say you have to accept me because I've chosen to do this. And the answer is no, no, I don't have to accept anything you do. Right. I, I don't have to accept the, the idea that you would think of yourself as that. Right. Whatever that yeah. may be. And, and that doesn't social... mean that doesn't mean you don't treat everyone. Everyone should be treated with respect, dignity, dignity respect. that you, you give to any person. But like the notion of what you see in like Canada where people are fined or UK where mm -hmm. they're fined for misgendering someone. Yeah. Um, and arrested. For a misgendering yeah. situation, and what happens when that that case in what what happens if that happens here, right? And then somebody gets ticketed for a misgendering in some democratic city or whatever, and they go to court over it, and that has to be then put into words. That has to then enter the the legal uh, standard that we put out there, you know. And then yeah. the court's never not going to take a, a stand on it. They're just not because they don't want to def define what a man and a woman is. And in fact, there's some. Uh, some recent court cases where you know the, the courts refuse to define what a woman is, right? And there's because... also there's also cases where they've done a really bad job of defining what a woman is, where they've taken yeah. like they've taken like labor laws to apply mm -hmm. them to civil rights statutes. I mean, this is and, and this is kind of I guess a good segue into what we're going to talk about next. It's it's what did the legislators intend when they passed the law? Does mm -hmm. anyone think, can anyone say with a straight face that when civil rights laws were passed in the 1960s and 1970s, that the men and women writing and voting on those laws intended to protect transgenderism? I don't think so, no. considering that these were passed after the civil rights movement. It seems very obvious that they were primarily catered towards protecting against discrimination on the basis of race. Then obviously you have, you have discrimination on the basis of, of sex and you talk about, you mentioned gender, how they're taught now gender is a social construct. Mm. There's been a decades long battle to conflate the terms gender and sex mm -hmm. in school. Most like most kids learn gender because they teachers know that it's awkward to just start throwing out the word sex with kids. Right. right? So kids, right? Yeah. So it's kind of become a synonym, but it isn't. They're not the same. They're not the same. They just aren't, right? They're not. No. Um, so you have to look at what the people who wrote the laws intended when they wrote them. And I don't think anyone can possibly really say with a straight face that when these statutes were written at the time, the goal was to make sure that biological men could get into women's restrooms or women's changing rooms and max right? you got to remember at the time when uh you went to see a psychologist about having these feelings of transgenderism at the time it was called a uh uh gender dysmorphia and was considered gender a dysmorphia, mental gender health right yeah. and then that changes somewhere in the i want to say the early 2000s that you know the code changes in the psychology book because you know it's, yeah it, it only exists as a mental health as if you can charge some sort of um, insurance for it. So it gets paid. So that, that gets changed. And now that we've got this weird, this weird argument about, you know, was gender dysmorphia a real mental health issue? Or was it just always an idea of being fluid inside of the genders? And the, I don't have an answer to that. Other than that, when they wrote those originally, it was considered a mental health issue.
Yeah, right. and and I, I have that big problem. We used to talk about this when we were on Conservative Daily um, mm. years ago, but for other issues, I've always had a really hard time with the the DSM, mm. uh, the the DSM five, DSM six, whatever number they're yeah. on, is basically decided by a vote of the psychiatrists who make up the the the, co- the Congress, whatever the the voting body yeah. is. So. The DSM, the contents of the DSM are inherently political. And when you yeah, see absolutely. when you see things that have been considered mental illnesses for decades, centuries, get voted out of the out of the, the tool that doctors use to diagnose problems with people. When you see it voted out and you, when you see political groups lobbying to have it voted out, it just that that doesn't feel like science. Um, like, uh, imagine, imagine well, if someone lobbied the orthopedic, uh, the College of Orthopedic Surgeons, and they voted to declare that broken bones were no longer a thing, right? I mean, like, right. <laughs> like you can't, you just can't. Max, that's where the, the crux of it, you said that this doesn't sound like science. You got to remember, psychology is not a science. It's considered an art. It's an oh. arts degree. So... <laughs> They're, ar- no- they're artists. They're artists with prescription pads. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely, and they're the ones that are like actually affecting people's minds and the way they think about themselves. Right? I, there you have it. There, there's the difference. You know, is it is it an art or is it a science? And that's where the argument gets left. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, it it's uncomfortable. Um, the whole the whole thing's uncomfortable. That's why I'm I'm glad my kids in a private school. Um, he yeah, came and- home, he's a private religious school. He came home the other day. He's like, daddy, did you know there are only boys and only girls? I'm like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, son. It's kindergarten. It's kindergarten. Sit down, son. He said, oh. he said, did you know God created boys and girls and only boys and girls? I was like, yeah, that's wow. my tuition. It <laughs> <laughs> goes all money. Well worth it. Yeah. 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 That makes my tuition payment easier oh. to stomach. But it's not like that in, in public schools, right? The totally different argument. And like, this isn't what we were thinking of, but what does that mean when you start having all these biological males start competing in women's sports yeah. and expecting the same sort of treatment that women get? And and that's where it starts getting muddy, muddying the water altogether. Because yeah. there are women out there who do not want a biological male in the locker room. with them. And I get that. I don't even like being in a locker room with other guys. You know what I mean? Let yeah, alone yeah. having to be forced in front of... <laughs> others right it's it's an embarrassing thing it's a modesty thing right now you've got to you, you've got to throw modesty and religion out the window for mm-hmm. what the state deems to be accurate or at least well, the law my, my understanding of that has always been that the reason you don't put like boys in the same locker rooms as girls in school apparent especially pubescent boys and pubescent girls is that when you do that and they're getting naked there's a serious risk that someone's going to get pregnant. I mean, that seems, that seems like the biggest reason to do this. It's not being mean to anyone. It's not gatekeeping who can get in. It's protecting girls from sexual assault, protecting girls from rape, protecting girls from being impregnated. And like, there's a clear cut case. It's uh, the Loudoun County case. I know we, you followed it. We followed it when we were conservative daily, where this transgender student assaulted someone, assaulted a girl in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. They, the school covered it up, and then the student got transferred to another school and did it again. And, and did it again. And thank goodness the father of that victim, he was charged with a crime because he interrupted a school board meeting. Thank goodness he just got pardoned. Um, yeah. But like, this is the common sense stuff. And it, it does, you can treat someone with dignity, you can treat someone res- with respect, but we have to take a step back and just recognize that this is crazy. And and I wish Donald Trump, again, this is not me jumping off the ship. I just, I wish he had better answers for this. And I mm-hmm. fear that by not participating in the GOP debates, not prepping those debates with mock debates mm-hmm. and coaching and understanding how to answer tough questions like that, I fear that he is lulling himself into like a sense of 
of being safe, that he doesn't have to prepare these answers. And it's only going to get worse when he has to get on stage with Joe Biden. I oh, mean, yeah. the best moments of the 2016 campaign were when he's up on stage dissecting every Republican and cutting them to shreds. Um, I, underst- I understand why he's not participating. Um, I hear he's going to be meeting with uh, striking auto workers instead of doing the debate. But I'm worried that he's missing valuable experience in both yes. preparing these talking points yes. and getting out in front of them and, and thwarting the attacks. I'll give you the final word before we change topics. Oh, it, it reminds me of the a football team who is just such a big juggernaut who just feels like they can't be beat. They don't get prepared for the opponent who's hungry and wants to beat them, right? And then yeah. they end up getting your butt whipped in a football game. He needs to be just as hungry as he was. He needs to be prepping as just as hard as he always has been. And he needs to not take the base for granted because they'll jump ship fast. And when they do, we're looking at four years of Joe Biden. I'm Kamala Harris. Uh, Joe Biden. I'm Kamala Harris. Well, I, I'm not sure which one. Whoever's in charge. <laughs> president by uh, committee. President by committee right now. He, he just cannot take for granted what he's doing. And he needs to be out there swinging hard. Yeah. He has to. And quarterback yeah. this thing. Whoever's the coach. He's he's the quarterback. Whoever's the coach calling the plays right now, they're calling bad plays. Yeah. To what you just said, there's an old saying from Greyhound Racing that the hungry dog runs faster. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that's going to upset animal rights activists because it involved the practice of withholding food from the dog. Not saying I endorse that, but that's the saying that the hungry dog runs the mm-hmm. fastest. And when you when you sit on your heels, when you rest on your laurels, um, you open yourself up for self-inflicted, self-owns, or mm-hmm. being attacked from the outside. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah. Trump's got to get better. And yeah. um, if he wants people like me to be ardent supporters, if he wants the pro-life movement, he wants conservatives to be rallying around him and not just biting their tongue, he's going to have to get better and, and have a better handle on these uh on these issues he could hire us i mean i'm <laughs> yeah, a social yeah. engineer yeah. You're, you're you got your master's in poli sci yeah, i mean we're yeah. ready to go dude yeah. so if you want to call just reach out here to yeah. the show we'll we'll, we'll help <laughs> out mr trump we're there for you buddy and we are there for him right we, yeah, we do support oh, yeah. him it's just this isn't something that these aren't things that we can just sit back and like say like yep that's our guy it's, it's uncomfortable. It's just so uncomfortable. It is because I mean, it's hard enough. To, you got to defend him all the time when he was in his prime, like the prime of the first yeah. one. Now you really got to defend it, right? And it's yeah. like it's hard. But at one point, I was, I wasn't paid, but I was an unpaid surrogate for the Trump campaign. I don't know if you knew this. Um, no. I I did radio interviews in 2015, 2016, and I would get talking points from the campaign. Right back when they were like trying to figure themselves out, there wasn't really a top down structure. I would get talking points. I would get like daily, weekly talking points of what to say, and I would do like weekly, by like multiple times a week, radio interviews defending him. And it's just so funny. Like it's like mm. they asked me like oh mexico's sending all the rapists and that's why we need the border wall and i just be like damn right like, like uh, <laughs> he's right. Lo- like he's locking kids in cages like you're damn right he is <laughs> like you know what i mean like there's there've been moments where like it's defend him on these policies this one's hard it's it's really yeah. hard um by the way and- also biden is locking kids in cages now oh it's even border. worse and it's worse than ever before and no one's it's worse than ever it. before yeah and I just want to say um, it's their country, not yours. No, we're shipping them all to you right now. (laughs) I'm just saying, man, it's their country, not yours. Let that sink in. Think about that. Yeah. Well, we just talked about what civil rights laws meant at the time Mm -hmm. of the founding, at the the time that these civil rights laws were passed. This is a good segue into another thing I wanted to bring up because it's so appalling, so disgusting. I feel like we have to call it out. We've talked about this issue before. Um, uh, Cases that are making their way through the federal court system, dealing with the right to own a handgun or any gun for that matter, and challenging whether it's constitutional to bar felons from ever owning a gun again for the rest of their life. 
And there is a case, U.S. v. Rahimi, that's set to have oral arguments before the Supreme Court in early November. And there's other court cases bouncing around in the lower courts dealing with this same issue. And some of those cases are really, it's really hard to get behind the plaintiff, mm. the, the guy suing like, like oh, man, you, you did some bad things. You were not a yep. good hombre. Nope. It's, it's, it's hard to get behind them. But when you read the arguments and you say, well, it's very obvious that the founders didn't intend for someone who committed like check fraud mm-hmm. 20 mm-hmm. years ago to never be able to defend themselves again for the rest of their life. It's very obvious. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a case. There is a case in Alabama. Case in Alabama, U.S. v. Jackson, where um, the, the, the guy who's suing for his rights back, challenging the ability for the government to charge him with a felon in possession of a firearm statute, Jackson is suing. The government is having to jump through some really uncomfortable hoops to defend their ability to punish felons for having guns. And there was something, I sent it to you, you were shocked to see this, I was shocked to see this. I'll I'll go ahead and put it up on the screen, I'll read it for everyone listening to the audio version, which by the way, if you haven't already, links in the description, please do subscribe to those audio versions. I'll read this for everyone. This is the government's defense the law, quote, the law abiding limitation derives not from the meaning of the people, but instead from the phrase, quote, shall not be infringed, which modified the right that was at issue. A directive that a right shall not be infringed signaled signals that the right at issue already exists. They cite Heller v. VDC explained yeah. that this phrase implicitly recognizes the preexistence of the right. To discern the contours of the Second Amendment is appropriate to turn to its predecessor in the English Declaration of Rights. The protection yes. in keep going. The protection in the English Declaration of Rights did not protect everyone. Instead, it limited the disarmament of Protestant subjects of the kingdom. By its terms, the English provision was quote was an individual right not available to the whole population, given that it was restricted to Protestants. And like all written English rights, it was held only against the crown, not parliament, end quote. For example, the English right did not protect Catholics. The English government's disarmament of Catholics had a close connection to that government's views on loyalty and criminality. The Heller court, relying on Blackstone, described the firearm prohibition for Catholics as a sanction for those who receive convictions for failure to send services in the Church of England. Basically, Catholics are criminals because they aren't Anglicans. Thus, it follows that the English did not perceive the Declaration of Rights to stand in the way of regulations on persons the government deemed to be criminal actors. And this is where they try and clear it up. To be clear, a criminal penalty or firearm regulation that discriminates uh, based on religion or any other protected characteristic would not pass muster today. Such a law would be invalid, however, because other constitutional and statutory provisions now protect against such discriminations. Laws like the English Declaration of Rights still are relevant to the analysis of the Second Amendment because these restrictions shed light on how the framers viewed the impact of the of this particular provision. I don't know where to start here. So let's go back to the tyranny of the crown to try and justify limiting the Second Amendment. The same Second Amendment that was put in the Constitution to help protect us from the tyranny that was created by the crown that we then removed ourselves from mm-hmm. in the American Revolution. Do, 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 does that sound yeah. close? Yeah, yeah. The Sparknotes version is that you have U.S. government, DOJ attorneys, arguing that the Second Amendment should allow the government to disarm people that they claim are not part of the people because the British crown and not the parliament. They go out of their way to say it's the crown, not the parliament. Mm-hmm. The crown disarmed Catholics simply for being Catholic. And that is why the federal government should be allowed to disarm felons. Basically saying that felons are like Catholics or Catholics are like felons. The, the entire reason that the Second Amendment exists, the Second Amendment did not derive itself from the English Declaration of Rights. The founders no. were very clear that the Second Amendment pre- protects an individual, natural, God-given right that precedes the formation of government entirely. 
It is if if there was not a single government in the entire world, you would still have the right to defend yourself by the basis of your very humanity and the fact that you are created in the image of God. That's clear. There's very. So the Second Amendment was written by the people who just fought the British to get away from that system. Mm hmm. Say that system is unjust, unfair, and a violation of these rights. And to ensure that no government can ever infringe on the rights of its people again, we are going to enshrine the right to keep and bear arms in the Constitution. For the U.S. government to turn around and say that English, the very English laws that they were fighting to get away from should win the day here. It makes you wonder how any of these lawyers got out of Constitutional Law 101. Well, it shows you how weak their argument is that they have to go back to English common law to try to get rid of the Second Amendment, or at least yeah. for felons, right? And yeah. the, a felony did not exist at the at the, at the, the ratification or, or the signing or, yeah. or the creation, right? So what laws out there ever said that if something you did something wrong, you lost every single right? It just doesn't exist. And the felony is just another one of those constructed things that just helped us. I, I know it sounds like almost kind of like an enslavement thing, right? You'd always kind of be enslaved to the system. And, and, and if they're going to use this kind of um, mental gymnastics to to get their way, I mean, what happens when someone says, well, what, what about the issue of slavery? Can you just bring back slavery because it existed in, in England at the time or the woman's right to vote? You know, can that be removed yeah. based on that? I mean, if you're going to go to old English law, we would all just be a bunch of serfs, you know, serving yeah. the state, which is what they want, which was yeah. what they know, which is scary. So it's like they're trying to bring the crown back. Man. Yeah, a little, bit I, of, a little bit of self promotion again. I go through all of this in my book. I know this is like ah, oh. it's like you had a book about it. Uh, yeah, I, did, I actually didn't plan this show around both of my books, but they both fit. Um, oh. <laughs> the whole reason that the Supreme Court used Blackstone, that that uh, English legal dictionary that they're referring mm -hmm. to, is because there was that question, the question of what the word arms meant. And what the term keep arms, what the term bear arms, and what the term militia meant, right? So they used the, di the dictionary that existed at the time mm -hmm. to figure out what the founders meant when they used very specific language. To then turn to that English law dictionary and say, well, it also says Catholics have no rights. Yeah. Therefore, the founders meant that. It's, it's stupid, it's it's stupid. It's 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 not just mental gymnastics. This is like trying to affect law based on a bunch of crap. Yeah, I mean it's the best way to put. It. I I I don't like. I was so flabbergasted when you showed me this that I thought to myself that this can't be real. I thought for a moment there it was a joke, right? Yeah. And no, you're like, dude, this is this is real. And I I've known some felons over time. I know some people that are felons who are good people now. But the question is, is that does the is there any prohibition for you to own any of those things because you're a villain? And I think the answer, and I, I've, I've said this before, I said this to you a long time ago, is I don't think it does. You know, I mean, what happens if they want to start making you crossing the street wearing an American shirt a felony? Yeah, yeah. Right. And then now you give everything up. It's not hard to create a law that would make everybody a felony. Heck, you walk down the street. And I think on average people break seven felonies a day or something stupid, right? Lots and lots of crimes. I don't know if they're all it's, felonies. Yeah, but, but you, you like, get what I'm speeding, saying. There's, speeding. Right. That, like if you ever get pulled over and the officer tells you how fast you're going, don't give an answer because chances yeah. are you were one mile an hour over, right? Just don't yeah. answer. Um, I mean, there, there's a difference between saying that someone who is actively committing crimes, like Hunter Biden, crackhead, shouldn't have guns while they are a crackhead. Because the act of being a crackhead makes them dangerous. It's another thing to say that someone who bounced a few checks a couple decades ago can never defend themselves, right? Those are very sure. different arguments. And this is where we're going to get into some very uncomfortable talking points. Mm -hmm. Because one of, in my opinion, the most egregious violations of the Second Amendment, but politically popular, has been federal law that states that even if you commit a domestic violence misdemeanor you can lose your gun rights now not talking felonies not talking about yeah. violent felonies misdemeanors which in some states can just be verbal mm -hmm. verbal accosting 
you lose your gun rights because you got in a heated argument with your spouse. And this is um, this is funny because in the Rahimi case that we've talked about at length on this podcast, we don't have to get into it. That individual Rahimi is uh, a suspected criminal, a suspected uh, domestic abuser, and all of these organizations are basically petitioning the Supreme Court saying, "Hey, be careful! You're about to open up the floodgates and let domestic abusers have guns." I I am a nerd and I like to read these uh, amicus briefings. This was a uh, submitted by the city of New York. And this is a, a startling admission. I was surprised to find this. They say, quote, in simple terms, domestic violence was not generally perceived as a societal problem by the founding or reconstruction generations. Instead, for much of our nation's history, it was largely viewed as a private matter, not requiring a coordinated societal or governmental response. Since before the founding, the legal system tolerated domestic violence under various legal theories. While the law generally condemned spousal assault in its extremes and sometimes punished it, um, courts routinely avoided holding abusers accountable and prevented women from escaping violent marriages. Some courts relied on the so-called right of chastisement, which allowed a husband to use a shocking degree of violence, quote, as is necessary to control an unruly temper and make his wife behave herself, end quote. So we don't endorse that. <laughs> no. You, you don't think you'd see that in a briefing from pro-gun control groups. Mm-hmm. But by their very definition, neither the founders nor the Reconstruction era generations understood and believed that spousal abuse, domestic violence, misdemeanor domestic violence involving angry words mm-hmm. should mm-hmm. eliminate someone's God-given right. Mm-hmm. We don't and agree with it, yeah. And it's an uncomfortable conversation to have because no one says no one really wants domestic abusers to have guns. We don't. Right. But under the Supreme Court's guidance in Bruin, if you look at the historical record, no one can possibly argue that when Penn was put to paper, the men who wrote the Second Amendment intended for domestic violence to get rid of a God given right. It's an uncomfortable conversation we're going to have to have, but yeah. not something I think we should run away from because we're afraid of the uh, popular consequences of, of staking that position. If, there, there are some states where if you do file for just divorce, they immediately give a restraining order, right? And yeah. a restraining order can prevent you from purchasing a firearm. And I think that is it's going to be part of those arguments too, is, is what point does the government, you know, uh, over overstepping their uh overstepping your rights just to try to have feel good emotions about yeah. stuff right i mean that's really what it comes out to now we do not support spousal abuse in any way i think you're a horrible not. person if you do it but none of these things remove your rights they just don't yeah and I, i've taken that position on a lot and i've been really unpopular with people about that right so you don't think yeah. a, a former felon killer should not be allowed to have guns and the, the answer would be if i stick to my guns no because he still has those rights the moment he gets out right yeah. i mean at what point is this the debt to society paid yeah right yeah. and that it, it's expensive right now it costs you all of your rights the ability yeah. to vote right the ability to bear arms heck the ability to get a job sometimes just because yeah. that felon tag follows you right it's hard to get off the of paper that's what a lot of felons call it. it's hard to just get off the paper system always being in some sort of system and it's always kind of holding you down and back. And it's like, yeah, it, we know, a, we know that the act of committing a felony, you lose your gun rights, you go to prison mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. don't get to have a gun in prison. Right. No. So we understand that. Right. What I hope is that in a, in a political system that we live in where the second amendment is a God given right. And you can't just say that, I mean, our old boss, Joe Altman told a story once where mm-hmm. he had a, uh, it was a friend or a family member lost their gun rights because they got in a heated argument with their ex-spouse and threw a piece of pizza at a glass sliding glass door Mm -hmm. and the courts interpreted the act of throwing that pizza as a violent act against a spouse and that was enough to lose the gun rights i don't know if it was forever or temporarily um i I was always shocked by that story he told um if we're going to have a society where this is not how it works then hopefully we'll do a better job at 
convicting, sentencing, and incarcerating the violent people. Mm-hmm. If you don't want felons to have guns and have gun rights, stop allowing them to plead down to misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. Stop and stop asking the court for the minimal sentence. If you think they're too violent to own a gun, then you should also believe they're too violent to be out amongst us in society. Because as we both know, the criminals don't argument. care about the gun rights. So yeah. that would be my solution to this. But no, Solid argument. The, the same side that says you should disarm the domestic abusers also want to let the felons out. So, it, so none of it makes which, sense. Which way do you think this is what this one's going to play out? I mean, if you had to put, we had to put odds on it. You're like, well, this isn't the ca- Rahimi, as we've said on the podcast before, is not the case. I would want the Supreme Court to hear on this issue because right. right. he's he's objectively a bad hombre based on the accusations. Yes, um, but according to Bruin, the accusation because he was never charged with yeah. uh, these crimes. It was just the accusation of the crimes, are, the domestic violence crimes, are what kind of triggered this. He's never charged, never convicted. Right. It's uh, it's a very reasonable argument to make that you have to be tried and convicted at the very least to lose your gun rights. I just hope that the Supreme Court doesn't use this as an opportunity to claw back that Bruin decision that they released mm-hmm. just a year ago. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, well, it's all that. Go ahead, so. go ahead, go ahead. Finish it up. Yeah, I, I was just, I got nothing. Just go from there. You, you kind of wrapped it up there. You kind of said what I, I was thinking in my head, so. <laughs> well, um, something came across before we go, something came across my desk and I shared it with you and oh. we don't want to dive into it too much because, um, I, I have a policy, you have a policy of not getting involved in active defamation cases. Uh, I think the world is a better place when you and I are not subpoenaed and called to testify, <laughs> which Correct. has happened to you, has, <laughs> has correct. happened to me, has happened to me, um, has happened to me. Got to spend a glorious eight hours getting grilled. Whatever. Um, (laughs) I have to say, though, this was this was a small world moment. And I don't know if there's a take on this. I just found it shocking. Um, The country of Ukraine has named this transgender individual who now goes by Sarah Ashton Cirillo. Mm-hmm. has named this individual as the spokesperson for the Ukrainian military, which is a small world situation because this this person is, uh, oh, I just lost it, um, suing our former boss for defamation. And I just, I, I just thought this was a, a really crazy world that we live in, but also that this person is now, as the spokesperson of the Ukrainian military, um, according to this, which I don't know how much I trust this website, um, they, they have come out with a list of what she, what this person calls Russian propagandists um, that need to be held accountable for not supporting Ukraine. And that list includes Americans, likely our former boss. It's just, it's just a weird, it's a weird small world moment that we- this person is suing our former boss for, allegations he made against them but now also in their official capacity as a spokesperson for a foreign country labeling our former boss as an enemy of the state that needs to be i don't know if, if that person uses the language hunted down but needs to be held accountable, is accountable. What I read. yeah um it's it's just a small world it's such it a small world blew my mind the first thing i thought was is why would you want to hire a transgender person to represent a spokesperson for the military i mean don't you need warriors that- oh. Human rights, all. human rights, equal. Okay, e- equal. okay, okay. I, I'll admit I'm wrong on that one. Maybe. No, no. Well, no. Uh, it, it's a weird look for an American. I think. Yeah. I think. Let's, yeah, let's that, take well, a yeah, step yeah, back. Yeah, 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 an yeah. American. I like that better. Is yeah. your is your military spokesperson? Forget about everything else. American. Um, uh, my whole deal is equal rights, equal fr- equal fights. Yeah. Um. So small world. Small world. Were you kind of um, taken back by it when you saw it? I mean, I was. You, at first, I was like, "You're make, like Max. This one's." it's just a small like, world <laughs> and, and we weren't involved in in that whole yeah. case that happened after we left um it's just such a small world and it's yeah. so weird it's just it's just so weird it's... everything about it and and for that for cirillo now to go after the very people that she's suing 
it's just so weird. It's so it is. Weird. It is. Uh, it. I don't know. It just makes you things that sometimes are just too connected. Sometimes you know what I mean. They're just too yeah. connected. Too it connected. Is. Too connected. Well, that's all we have. Don't want to get too into that, but it's just something yeah. that makes you wonder. Um, that's it for this edition of the Right Guys Podcast. If you missed at the start, we are going to be going live twice a week now, so make sure you stay tuned for that on Rumble, on YouTube when allowed. And I've been broadcasting on Twitter. I don't know if I'll keep doing that, but we'll see. Um, also, check out all the links in the description for the audio editions. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Music. Audible, Audible, and Podbean. All of these great places. Links in the description. If you watch live, please make sure you also subscribe to the audio so that we can uh, prove these numbers. Because as we grow, we want to get sponsors and we want to grow the show. Um, that's all I have. you have anything else? Uh, just stay safe out there. Love America and vote your heart. Yep. And remember, everyone, the fight to take back the country is not over yet. The only way we win is if we all stand and fight together. See you Friday. <laughs>